Hey pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. Today, we have the second half of our actual play of Cypher System and Claim the Sky. But before we go to that, I want to remind you that we are doing an annual episode instead of a game this June to round out a year of playing and talking about superhero RPGs. We're looking for questions or topics or things you'd like for us to opine upon. And you can send those to show at teamupmoves.com or find us on Twitter as at teamupmoves or mastodon teamupmoves at dice.camp. Now, when we last left our heroes, they were delving in a superhero death trap that was designed to challenge or perhaps just impress a wind-based superhero known as the Calm. Our heroes are there instead, hoping to track down a lost friend named Declan Schmidt. And those heroes are Karma Jane, a.k.a. the Games Master, who, as Armand described them, is like Gambit, but with dice. Ian Gregory is playing Euless, the exo-unit layer Ypsilon 7 probe, who, having come to this dimension and this planet and this city, is giving superheroing a try, just to see what it's about. Finally, Stephanie is playing Song Wolf. She used to be just another New Guinea singing dog, but now she is a superheroine herself. Really wants to help people, really wants to be a good girl, and really wants to bark super dang loud. When we last left our heroes, they had a run-in with Batarachnid and Flame Jane. And though Batarachnid is in a stasis field for the next few days, Flame Jane is seeing an opportunity to get some more amazing cipher tech by taking apart Euless and grabbing whatever she finds inside. So, with that little bit of context, let's keep going with the game. Uh, all right, so who's next between those two roles? It, like, it doesn't matter to me if one of you wants to go before the other, but if you want to use the dice. Uh, the game, they say it's the game's master. All right. Okay. In which case, I'm going to step out and I've, and you know, from, the, from that fall damage, I've got like some energy saved up that I'm ready to expend. I think I'm going to put a little effort into this attack because this um, also with the flamethrower seems, you know, flame James seems pretty dangerous. So with my three levels, um, basically I've got I've got three levels of effort put into this totally. So uh, what is flame James level? She defends at a six because she is power shifted in some acrobatics. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So I'm really glad I put in three levels of effort here. So that means I just have to roll a nine or higher, which is still like almost 50-50. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna put another level of effort into this. Um so no, I can only put in one level of effort. I'm tier one. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so nine or higher. Come on, dice. Be good to me. The dice were not good to me. I rolled a two. Oh no. I'm gonna use an XP here. Okay. So Oh, well, that's much better. I rolled a four. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so so that's a, that's a miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nine or higher. Okay, so this is what, uh, energy that you're you're trying to blast out at her? Yes, I release energy just to just sort of shoot out a beam that goes completely wide. Um, Flame Jane just dodges out of the way with ease. Jane, yeah, she does. And she says, oh, looks like the kids have come down to play. Did Winner send you? And you just hear over the comms, Jesus fucking Christ, that woman. <laughs> <laughs> and Songwolf, what's your go? So I am going to say, of course she did, and use a move called Swipe, in which I can 
attack quickly in a way that dazes and therefore hinders my target. And I do one point less, one less point of damage than normal, but she's dazed and hindered. Okay. Can I do that with my bite? What I want to do is, is to go at her with a bite. Oh, you know what? I, you know what I really want to do? I want to be able to just disable the propane tank by biting down on just parts of it. Getting a mouthful of propane. <laughs> well, I can spit it out. The propane, the propane tank is attached to her wrists, right? So she can control it. Tanks on her back, hoses go to her wrists. Okay. I'm going to try to bite her on the wrist using my swipe move. That is a fang attack. It would do four points of damage, but I'm um, subtracting one point. So it becomes three if I hit. And I spend a speed point to do that. So I, I think we can do one thing. You can either do the swipe that would daze her, or you can do an attack that is particularly to try to disable her weapon. And that one would probably be harder because you have to angle it right and also wouldn't do any damage because you're just taking out the weapon. I'm going to use a swipe move to try to daze her while biting her. Okay. So if it works, she'll just go, you bit me, or something. She'll probably be wittier than that. No, she's not that witty. Okay. Would she just say that. Yeah. My speed goes down to 11. And uh, what is that? Just a speed roll? Yeah. Now remember, she defends at a level six. So that's an 18 unless you do something about it because uh, she's fleet footed. <sighs> Obviously, I should be using some effort, but I can only use one level of effort, right? Sure. Or uh, this is what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to, to bite her and daze her with my swipe move. So my speed goes down to eight. Yeah. Now, other things like I notice you have a cipher that's about like some knowledge stuff. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of thing like that you could maybe spend for an asset. Like if you knew about how Flame Jane reacts to things, um, you know, you do spend some time at dispatch, etc. Yeah. So I could use that cipher to know whether like to know how to defeat her. Like, what do you do against her other than just sort of you know, biting and howling? So I think that it would probably be, I mean, you're on the right track of how you take out Flame Jane, which is like deal with the fire. But the way I would see this is like you could get, you would gain an asset, which is ends up being a level of effort, okay. essentially. It was, it, but it's not, it's not a level of effort because it's, 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 it's a different thing, but also it eases the task is my point. Okay. I'm going to ask a question before I, I use that cipher to figure out what to do more effective than biting someone with flamethrower. We're in a room full of equipment. Is any of the equipment like fire extinguishers? If you want to spend your turn looking around for stuff, you could do that. Honestly, yeah. she's. Or you could use a player intrusion to be like, oh, there's a fire extinguisher here. <laughs> that would be using an experience point? Yes. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. I'm going to do that. I would like a fire extinguisher. Okay, yeah. You're in a supply closet. It's absolutely a fire extinguisher. Okay. okay. And so because you use the GM intrusion or the, the player intrusion, we're not going to count that as your action. So now you have a fire extinguisher. I'm going to pick up a fire extinguisher and just spray her with the fire extinguisher. And if this works, it will, for some amount of time, make her unable to, you know, fire her fire at people she wants to fire. Is that how fire extinguisher? Maybe the foam kind? Yeah. It's a foam extinguisher. It'll get in her her gears and her hoses and she won't be able to, she won't be able to light anything up because it'll all be gummed up with non-flammable stuff. Okay. It'll be like she's covered in foam. She can't light anything on fire. Okay. So this task is going to be a, we're going to ease the task because you just need to like coat the hallways. Like you don't need to like aim particularly with this. Mm -hmm. So this would be a, a level five task starting out and then you can spend stuff to make it easier. 
I would like to make it easier. Uh, I'll spend an effort, and that would, since I'm not swiping anymore, that just takes my speed down to nine, right? That makes it level four. And that's all I can do, right? I can't make it go below level four. I think so, unless Armand has any ideas. Um, not, nothing that I could think of um, that we could do in the heat of battle. Okay, so yeah. Let's see what happens. Songwolf is not a quippy character, and I know what <laughs> she would say, and it pains me as a player that, that she's, she doesn't make the quip that another, you know, another hero would make. That's an eight. That is an eight. You need to be a 12. That's not good enough. I'm spraying some foam, but I'm not spraying the foam close enough to her to prevent her from lighting things on fire. There's just some fire extinguishing foam on a whole bunch of springs and gears and maybe an espresso machine somewhere. Yeah, I think she sort of does a backflip backwards. And yeah, so now there's the hallway covered in foam, uh, which means that if you want to like go through that, that's probably going to be annoying. I'm also realizing that like y'all only have one effort level, which means uh, hitting someone at a six is really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're okay. So this is a uh, this is a, a Johnny Three Guns situation in the parlance <laughs> of the show. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna roll forward because you know honestly she's not gonna be sticking around <laughs> to fight losers because who sticks around to fight losers? <laughs> Ulysses, you are up though in the initiative. What's uh what's the batsman's goon doing? That is a, <laughs> that's a good question. I I'm gonna say cowering. This is a cower situation, yeah, for, for uh, mm, um Good. I named them Linus. Linus. Hmm. So what happens when I am hit and drop below, like when I run out of might from an attack? Ah, then you go down on your damage track, hmm. which would start to hinder everything you try to do, making it harder. Okay, I'm going to take the recovery roll that is one action. Okay. And I'm going to say initiating auto repair. Protect me or face a negative performance review. <laughs> and I gain 1d6 plus 1, as I understand it. Yep, so roll that up. Well, that's a 3. So I'm just going to put 3 into Might to put me back up at 5 out of 10. Okay. It's Jane's turn, and I think she sort of looks at this and is like, you know what, this isn't worth it. I got some cool stuff. And peace out, losers. <laughs> you hear Winter like... She says the same way she broke up with me. <laughs> so Jane just starts running down the hall. Uh, she makes it a short distance. And I think Linus looks at his frozen boss and looks at the retreating supervillain and runs after her. Y'all have an opportunity to do anything about this or we can end it here. Considering how, how badly we fared so far, I'm, uh, I'm okay letting this one go. It's fair. But you now are in a room full of junk. So if you all want to look around, we could probably find some ciphers for you. Oh, definitely scavenging. Songwolf always wants to look around. Euless says, I am choosing not to pursue them, not because I struggled in combat, but because good protocol indicates securing one capture over chasing two additional captures. That is the only reason. Well, I struggled in combat. I'm going to look around. All right. You are in the hallway now again with all of these boxes and, and racks and other stuff. That arachnid just completely stasisted. You sort of tiptoe around him. He's a large gentleman, takes up a, a lot of room. So what have you all found? You had a chance to, to do a little bit of shopping on the cipher list. And <laughs> so what have each of you have? Let's start with Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses has uh, quickly scanned the piles and determined most of it to be junk. But several several uh, will interface nicely with their systems. One is a gravity inversion detonation, 
which is a small explosive that will invert gravity in an area. That goes into into their built-in projectile launcher. And then also a four-screen projector, which creates a, a mobile plane of solid force, uh, which seems like a nice complement to my other abilities to affect space. All right, Songwolf. I have a unicorn horn. I get be a wolf dog New Guinea singing dog unicorn. It's a headband, and when I put it on, I grow an attack horn, and I can poke people. It's really cool. All right, and uh, Games Master. So the Games Master has one cipher um, held up from earlier and one cipher that they just got. One is an attractor. Any unanchored item that is the user's size or smaller within long range is drawn immediately to them. It's just basically, it, it's a yoink cipher. It's it's a cipher for yoinking. <laughs> and the other one is, um, I'm saving this for a special fight. For the next minute, the user's ranged weapon fires one additional time with ammo fabricated by the cipher. So I'm going to be using, basically, I will make a dice attack with my literal dice, and I will be able to basically make two attacks per turn. All right, excellent. And then are are you replacing the uh, your subtle intellect cipher? Uh, no, as an adept, I can have three, so I am keeping right. that around as well. Oh, I forgot about the cipher limit. How many ciphers do you have in total? I have three right now. I'll need to ditch one. You ditch one, all right. I'm definitely keeping the gravity bomb. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the four screen projector. I think it's much less funny than my other option. <laughs> As a thoughtful wolf who's been around the block a few times, I know that the four screen projector would be much more useful than giving me yet one more melee attack. But it is my personality that I I want the experience of having a fierce unicorn horn. I mean, actually, so let's let's just read up on monohorn here. So you gain a horn for ooh, I got a roll for this six hours. So you could just put it on and activate it and have the horn, and then you could carry another cipher. Ooh, I'm going to do that. All right. I have a horn, and now I have a force projector. Sweet. Okay. This horn, it looks like just a a horn, uh, a goofy little soft plush unicorn horn on a headband, but you put it on, it fuses into your bone, and it becomes razor sharp. Mm-hmm. Horn wolf. All right, so moving along in this kind of maintenance hallway, you reach a kind of a a fork. There's going to be access panels to two other areas of this death dungeon. And um, now you have to choose which way to go. What do you do? You're suggesting that there are more than one paths that we must choose between? <laughs> I am. Perhaps you, we need someone to find the way. A pathfinder, as it were. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to use my ability, find the way, which aids me in navigation and decision-making when plotting a route. Because we're trying to find Karma's friend here, Definitely. right? Like we're looking for a person. Yeah. So that's the decision-making I'm going to use to guide which path we're going to take. Okay. Is this an intellect role? Yes. So I would say it's it's an intellect of probably a demanding difficulty. So this is a, a level three. All right. So I spent, I in order to enable this ability, I have to spend one effort, which I will do, to bring it down to level two. And then I get a free level of effort on top of that, bringing this down to level one. So... I simply need to not biff this. All right. 16. Yes. What, what does this look like? How do you, how do you detect things, Euless? It's sort of like when, when like deep sea fish like puff out or like, like frills come off of them and they suddenly appear to be much larger. A whole <laughs> bunch of sensing instruments just sproosh, like appear on Euless's frame. Amazing. And start beeping, buzzing, whirring and looking around. And then Euless <laughs> sort of, 
turns the head 180 degrees like an owl to look back at the team and says, follow me. Okay, okay, I love following. <laughs> uh, the heroes follow the intrepid robot down unfamiliar paths. Here is, here is what you can tell. So down one of these shafts is we detect to be a giant fan wind tunnel gauntlet. And and you can kind of detect from like watching the um, you know, sensing the the circuit paths and so the other things that that was room number two after the food court. And then the other maintenance thing goes to the final room. So like room number three. So by doing your detection, you're able to pick the path that really just cuts out a whole like, now we have to get through this wind tunnel situation. You're welcome, organics. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Which path do you choose? (laughs) (laughs) I I will take the most efficient and expedient path to our goal. All right. So Winter comes on over the comms and she says, Um, I just got a report about Melanie. She's still refusing to talk to anyone but the calm and, like, you know bees. I mean, actually, do you know bees? I kind of hope not. She's a terrifying woman. Anyway, she's not going to let some wild-eyed fangirl order around, so she's not going anywhere near her. So we haven't even been able to get anything else out of Melanie other than she wants to be referred to as the Zephyr which is kind of annoying for me. I know like six girls named Zephyr. So anyway, just wanted to kind of give you the DL on what's happening up here. How are things down there? Excellent. We have apprehended a criminal. Flame Jane got away. Yeah, she does that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we need to find Declan. There's a, a lost person we need to retrieve. All right. The, the heroes are steadily making their way towards their goal, having found a slightly more unhindered path that shall surely lead them to victory. Chills, Karma. I'm getting chills. Uh, Games Master? Yes. When you talk about what we're doing while we're doing it, do you envision like little rectangles with all your words? Because I was, I was, I was doing that. Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, I try to pick, picture myself uh, in the scene, ourselves in the scene, which is um, easy to do because we're all in the scene. That's true. I'm hungry. I ate some beef jerky and continue, and I want to see what's in that <laughs> final room. I'm just going to go in. I want to get not ahead of Oilus, but like next to, to Oilus. The three of you open the maintenance access hatch and come out into another fairly large room. And this has almost like a like arena, almost like an amphitheater kind of vibe. So it's it's perfectly circular. And there's three large fans. Like or like a like 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 windmill like like pinwheel kind of fans that are equidistant around, and they have comically obvious cabling that's leading down into the center. Now this thing across, we're talking like eighty feet kind of thing. This big old kind of room, and the floor of it is covered in water. Now, you can kind of see into it, so it's probably only about two and a half, three feet of water, but covering sort of this entire, this, this circular pit, and again, the pinwheels are, are large and up around on the outside, and you see the cables are going down and meeting in the center around what looks like a, a sort of a big metal circle that is of a clearly different kind of, like, texture from the ground, which is sort of stone. So. Something, something, 
windmills activating middle thing, but also there is all of this water around. As you look closer, you see alligators in the water. What do you do? Question, would this be something that might be considered, say, uh, a puzzle? Yeah, I would call this a puzzle. Mm. Oh, so this is this is the Game Master's time to shine, because I am trained in puzzle solving. <laughs> <laughs> trained? Yes. Mm-hmm. Got a degree. Yes. yes. And I also have, I have a power shift on intellectuals, you know, that are related to knowledge, science, and crafting. So this seems like it might apply. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Sure. Okay, so between trained, and I'm going to put in a level of effort here, which gets me a free level of effort. So basically, I'm reducing this difficulty by three to try and figure out what's going on here and how not to get attacked by alligators. So I think that as my own personal commentary on Melanie, uh, this puzzle was no more than demanding to solve. So you bring it down to routine, the zero, (laughs) this is free. So... (laughs) The game master is just like pathetic. Yeah, this is this. We'll give you this. Here is how the Zephyr wants this to be solved. Uh-huh. The idea is that the calm would float over into the middle of this and, and, and do a big cyclone that would push the water away out to the edges, leaving the floor bare, and then also triggering all three windmills at the same time. When all three windmills are going at the same time, the elevator would rise out of the floor, revealing whatever is inside. So that is the expectation of how this is, quote, supposed to be solved. How y'all do it, that's up to you. That's interesting. This is a puzzle that was meant for someone who doesn't have our powers and who, who, whose powers we don't have, I mean. I've consulted my data banks, and this puzzle appears highly derivative of the popular video game, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, not the most original... Trapster here. I, oh, <laughs> frankly, I, I just wish I could give her some pointers. As much as she's trying to kill us, this is this is just this is embarrassing. We have a person who may be in danger, and I want to find him and have dinner. Can we maybe do something to like? There's an elevator thing, and whatever we're supposed to do next is inside the elevator. Can we just like bore a hole in the? roof of the elevator shaft and just like go down there also is is any of this is this purely mechanical or is any of this hooked up to a computer of some kind this would be mechanical because it's it's the energy from moving the the windmills powers the lifting device got it i'm just thinking like so the elevator comes up when the fans are in and then you get in the elevator and it takes you down is that correct yeah, I think elevator might be a little too too strong a word. A, a thing rises up. A, like yeah, lift? A, a, a thing is revealed. Okay. Coming up from the ground. I've got two ciphers here that may be of use. I've got the gravity inversion, which might just bring it right up because it's inverting the lift. Or I have this phase disruptor, which puts a portion of a physical structure like a wall or floor out of phase for one hour, affecting a area equal to a five-foot cube per cipher level and we can pass through that phased-out area as we see fit. Okay. So if there is a portion of this puzzle where just getting rid of the floor would let us drop down to the next part, that would also work. All right. Bear in mind that you do have water and alligators. Yes. Speaking of which, owning alligators as pets like this is very illegal. Add it to the rap sheet. (laughs) If the platform were negated and we could go, like, down through it, would we be able to leap over the alligators, or is there too much water for that? I think avoiding the alligators, like, it's not necessarily a combat situation, you know, if you linger in the water. If you were to just, like, put a hole in the top of this platform thing, mm-hmm. water would then pour down into whatever 
is in there. Oh, that could that could drown someone. Mm. So let's not do that. Let's try to make the platform go up. I forget that you that you organics often need to breathe. Uh, uh, not just often, always. We always we always need to breathe. Let's make the platform go up instead of making water drown whoever's in it. So we need to get all three when all, all three all three fans um working. If I use my attractor cipher to just sort of tug at one of the blades, would I be also able to use my shatter um, ability to make one of the other blades on the other fans explode so that it makes like circular motion? Then we have just a third fan left. Or you could use your attractor to just pull the platform up. Uh, it's a small object. It can only work with small objects. Oh, wait, my size are bigger, um, which I assume the platform would be bigger. Yeah, it is large enough to perhaps be the top of a cage mm-hmm. that contains a human. Ah. If you could bark at the third fan, maybe we can get them them spinning. I am so on that. Are we doing that? Might as well try to solve it the intended way. Yeah, let's do we that. Can, we can resort to drastic experimental technology if this fails. Mm-hmm. Eula says with some small amount of excitement. Okay. I'm looking over a tractor as a way of getting one of the fans moving. Like, if it doesn't work, I could try and think of something else, definitely. The item has no momentum when it arrives. Like, that's the other thing. Like, it doesn't, like, instill momentum on the thing. So I don't think it's, like, you could pull it a little bit and get it moving. Fair enough, fair enough. Ulysses, do you think maybe you could shoot at one of the other blades in a way that would get it I can attempt, but I don't know if it'll reach the required speed. This is not a high-powered armament. I am purely a research vessel. I have no other functions. This is true. We, We might have to think of something else. I could bark twice. (laughs) <laughs> take a lot of energy out of me, but it would work. Wait, what I can do is I will take out three of my dice from inside my bag. And these are these are slightly irregular dice. They're about half the size of a baseball, so bigger than normal. Okay. And they're made out of like sort of misshapen metal. I will attempt to throw them, each of them near the fans. And if I can make the dice explode, maybe that would set all fans worrying. Is that enough? Would that make the, all, all the fans do the thing, or am I still barking? I don't know. It's worth a try. It's the only thing I can think of, unless either of you have any any other ideas. Why don't you try for two of those fans, and I'll bark at the third one. Okay, so I'm going to do attempt to do a very tricky thing of throwing one of my dice in a way that's close to one of the fans, and then do a shatter effect on it that would you know make the dice explode and hopefully create the momentum for one of the fans. So if this doesn't work, then we know that doesn't work. Okay, so you're throwing the die and then you're shattering Shattered. it. Shattering it, yes. All right. Okay, so what would you reckon I roll for this? Would this be like speed to try and, and, and get the dice in the right position? Yeah, I think if this is sort of a like a, like a dexterity-ish tossing thing, or are you, like, the dice are just a target that's going to explode, right? Mm-hmm. So is there any reason you couldn't just walk over and put them there? Oh, um, yeah, I, there's no reason I can't just do that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can just put them there. I can just place three dice there and, and shatter them. All right, so are you doing two dice in the bark? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do the bark first. Okay, how hard is this? I'm going to do this as a, as a, as a level two, um, mostly to kind of see if there are any failures. Okay, and so because I have an edge in might, my might goes down by one, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So it would be it would be a, a six or higher unless you want to put some effort behind this. Oh no! Uh oh! That's a two. Ooh. My bark has failed. My bark has failed to fan the fan. Yeah. We do need this to happen. I can just try again on another fan. So there's there are two things. So one is you could spend the XP to reroll. The other thing is in Cipher you are allowed to retry a failed thing. 
But if you do that, you must be spending effort to do it. In other words, it's a, it's a, so you can't just keep rolling for free until you make it. Like you have to be expending a resource. Let's wait to see whether the games master and the dice thing is able to work because just getting one fan rotating is not going to really help us. It'll just, you know, blow my fur out and, you know, make me feel a little clean. I think probably with, with the bark that you aimed at it, what it ends up like you see like the resonance and like the, the, um, the blades are vibrating Mm -hmm. and actually like, it's starting to like loosen a little from the housing. So it might be like, oh, this might, um, this might break it too. That, that seems bad. Be- better try a different frequency next time. Games Master, you want to shatter some stuff? Yeah, I will go ahead and shatter. It's just an ability. I don't know if, I don't think I need to make a roll for being able to make them explode. Unless you want me to um, roll for sort of like precision in this explosion so it doesn't destroy the fans entirely. Yeah, so let's let's do that. And if you want to do this as an intellect of when we're thinking about placing them, mm-hmm. getting it in a position where if it were to explode, that it would cause the fans to move. All right. Given that, that uh, Songwolf failed hers, do you want to do two or do you want to do all three? Yeah, no, you know what? I'm going to do all three. Would this be a science intellect role for knowing the physics of where to place it, right? Sure. Excellent. So that's a free level of effort. So I'm going to put in one level of effort, and that's a free level of effort on top of that. Okay, so that's two levels of effort I'm putting into this role. I'm going to say that this is a... This is probably challenging. I think explosion turning Mm. thing would be uh, a five in order to like place them right. So you're down to a three if that works for you. Three has been my nemesis this game. I I, I really need to roll higher than a nine on this. Now, here's another thing. There there are help mechanics, right, that we can call on? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. So other players can offer help and that gets treated as an asset? If anyone's good with placement or explosions, uh, so I'll, I'll consult with Ulysses um, to see if, if, if you know, if, if uh, they can help me plan this out. Um, you know, any 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 scanning or any any algorithms that can help me position these. Just so. Um, wait, what do I? I think you just need to agree to help me, and that that's it. Okay, that counts as an asset. Yeah. <laughs> well, if we can narratively talk about how you, <laughs> I just assumed is... that like there would be some sort of role involved or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is calculating trajectories in their brain, like that GIF of the woman with uh, all the math floating <laughs> above her head. Yes, and, and then say two inches further. No, that was three inches. Now bring it one inch back. Okay. Now one inch to the right. Fine. This will do. Okay. Can I just like hold one of the fans steady or something? I, there's not a lot else I can do. Uh, if they probably get back out of the way, things are about to explode. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. You're going to need to do three shatters. All right. Though I guess you have an edge of two. So, okay. So, oh, wait. Sorry. Roll for this first. I'm sorry. Roll for yeah. this. Yeah. So, um, using shatter is free for me because it costs two and I've got an edge of two. So, right. that's great. All right. So, we still have to do the roll for, so this is now a, a level two, rolling a six. I rolled an 11. All right. So you have placed dice such that if you were to shatter them all just about the same time, it would cause these things to spin. What are you going to do? All right. So I will tell the others, uh, stand back, please. And I will look at them. I will focus my my internal energies and, and, and on projecting them outwards. And I'll begin to narrate. The games master took a moment to consider This trap was designed for someone else, but it was terribly shoddy work. They knew that there were workarounds. And with the focus of of their energies, 
bang, bang, bang. And every time they narrate the word bang, the, an explosion goes off. <laughs> and the fans began to spin. They do. They, they start spinning. And like we actually see like a light travel along the cables, you know, down to the center. And you hear this kind of mechanical noise as the thing starts to go and creaks a little and stops because of the weight of the water on top of it, the thing is not going to go up. Right. That was the other part of this puzzle, which had two parts to it, which was to get rid of the water. And then, so then this fan fan slow down and and stop spinning. I will give you that you now have the placement to get the fans going again. So it's like, we wouldn't have to like re-roll that part. Um, But Games Master, uh, you were just narrating a pretty big game in third person there. (laughs) Right. Um, I forgot about that part. Right, so that's one more thing that we need to get started. Okay, clearing the water away. Does does any do... Can we blow uh, a hole in something so the water leaks away? Well, I could do the phase disruptor on another part of the thing, not over the, um, not over the cage itself, but on another part that would cause the water to drain out there. That's what we were worried about, but... That sounds great, and uh, but, it hopefully... <laughs> caveat, unless that hooks up to a lighter container, it's only going to be able to take away a five-foot cube of water per cipher level, which is anywhere from 15 square feet to um, 40 square feet. That's not that much water. Can I just poke some holes in something so the water drains away? I mean, you don't know what's underneath. The floor is stone. Oh, oh no. A five-foot hole, I mean, it shouldn't take too long before the water drains away. Yeah, I guess like a 15-square-foot hole is pretty big, actually, when it comes to water. Especially if it's the water. How deep is the water here? Like, how far is it spread out and stuff? Can I can I can I use my advanced alien senses to estimate? I I mean yeah okay so all right you you want to map this shit fine all right so it's um, <laughs> math time okay so I said what 50, 50 feet across sure fifty feet that's your diameter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a height of two and a half feet okay so so that is your circular solid so like 125 feet of uh, square feet of water ish right no we got it no because we have to we have to do the radius so the radius <laughs> is 25 uh, yeah. feet uh-huh. squared mm-hmm. is what 1025 uh, i'm leaving this all in this is great podcast material folks <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. <laughs> do i have that right yeah I, I think what we're getting though is that this is actually quite a lot of water yeah, 625 625 feet times 2.5. All right. So you have 1,562 cubic feet of water. And I can create at most a 40, 40 foot cube. Wait, 40 feet on a side? I, here's what it says it affects an area equal to one five foot cube per cipher level. Okay. And how many, what's your cipher level then? 1d6 plus two. All right. Well, let's roll for that. Find out how good your cipher is. Okay. So if it drains away at like that much you know, per second, we could wait about 10 minutes as the water drains away and that would probably do it. No, but the, the point is that you you can make a hole, but unless the hole goes somewhere, the Point. water will only fill the hole. Yes. I got, mm. So I rolled a six, so that's eight. So that is a 40-foot cube. Okay, so a 40-foot cube. So let's see, we need to beat a 1,562. Yeah. So yeah. 40 times 40 times 40 is uh, 64,000 square feet. I thought it was a lot of water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, if we thought the volcano messed up the uh, geological area around here. Hey, this will go away naturally um, after an hour. Okay. 
That's going to be interesting when the stone underneath the water turns back into stone. What happens to the water? Moving on, I believe that this is the solution to our problems. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, all right. So let's let's talk through. Let's describe the panels, people. I want some panels here. All right. Those poor alligators. Eulis <laughs> detaches another component, uh, another component from their chassis, saying, "Behold." The Agate Elixium's advancement in phase elimination technology. This shall create a hole wide enough for us to drain the water. Uh, and, and then I have to like, it's it's sort of like drawing a, a fence around something. It's like a, in each corner, I put a little post down mm-hmm. and they start humming and I ready the I ready the device. Okay. I, I think we, we, we need an editor's note here, which is I forgot to put pi in on that other multiplication, <laughs> but we're still good. It's it, still, you know, we're still plenty fine. It's still yeah. less than this. I was wondering about pi. We are still outclassing <laughs> pi by an order of magnitude. Exactly. Okay. All right. So you set up the fence stuff. All yeah. right. And then uh, continue. I guess I should drain it first. Just to see what the alligators do when they suddenly find themselves without water. They might they might chase into the cube where all the water is. They might get pulled in with the drain. Or they might just choose to choose to I don't know. I, I let's activate it and see what happens. Yeah, let's activate it. Okay. A forty foot cube appears, taking up most of the roof. Is it down into the earth? Yes. So okay. it's like yeah, it's like just a chunk disappears, phases out. All right. We might GM intrusion some stuff later. Uh, based on this chunk, but the water starts draining down. And, you know, you removed a lot very quickly. So I think most of the alligators are then caught up in that and are pulled into the the, the floor cube. Like they've been flushed down a toilet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Clean the sky, flush the alligator. Ah, excellent. Okay, so... Take two, cutting back to the games master. What do you do? Now that the water is draining away, um, I will I will set up the dice again and do those uh, do the same three shatters in hopes that it works better this time. All right, bam, bam, bam. We get that same like the uh, uh, the fans spin up and the the water is is gone, and so like the center thing starts creaking and rising up, and it comes up and. You see what looks like a cage, like a bird cage, but like a human-sized bird cage. And it's got no one in it. And there is a hole in the bars that looks like it has been cut out with like a like a blowtorch or a circular saw or something like that. But you solved the puzzle. <laughs> this is bad game design. <laughs> this is terrible game design. I'm gonna go up to the bars and and just I'm just going to track. I'm just going to do some sniffing. Okay. Is that an intellectual? Yeah. It's pretty important to me to know where the person we're trying to save has gone. Yeah. Uh, I am willing to use some effort, but I am curious how difficult it's going to be to to sniff out anything about how to track this person. So we're going to do this as, as like a graduated thing, because I think there's some easy stuff to sniff and some hard stuff to sniff. So... Put in what you want and roll, and then based on that roll, I will give you more or less information. Okay, I'm going to use some effort on that and, I guess, reduce my intellect. Before Songworth rolls, would it be possible, since since Declan is a friend that, uh, you know, the Games Master has spent time with, would it be possible to try and give an asset to this role by, you know, generally describing what Declan, you know, kind of smells like? I mean, it would be limited, like, you know, how, what, what Declan smells like to a human, but the, the Games Master does have a little experience describing scents, sounds, and other sensations. 
Um, it's it's a reach. So if you say no, I will completely understand. So that is a reach, but here's what I will give you. Mm-hmm. You can say what Declan's favorite snack foods are. Oh, there we go. What does our boy smell like because of his... Durian, 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 uh, durian. <laughs> right. I have no idea what that is. Uh, I, I'm going to have to make up a treat. This is this is where the you know country cultural divide comes into play. It's a Zelda reference in this case, actually. Uh, okay. No, it's, I just like durian. I didn't even know it was a Zelda thing. Declan really enjoys these these like these really spicy chips. Basically, they're 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 like you know chili flavored chips. There's like this spicy tangy smell to them okay. that Declan just can't get in. Uh, you know, taste to them that Declan just can't get enough. All right, sniffing out chili chips. Got it. <laughs> so how does that 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 reduces the difficulty? Yeah, that's that's another that's another asset. So how many how many difficulty levels are we reduced at this point? I'm gonna spend some effort. I think I only get to spend one effort. So my intellect goes down by three and uh, that takes it down one. So we've got two difficulty reductions, right? All right. Except if you're going to allow me to to be, use my uh, nose for trouble for this since I'm tracking a person, uh, then... I mean, you have a power shift in the enhanced sense. Okay. So let's do that. Yeah. So... All right. We are... We've got three. We've got three, yeah. And uh, I'm going to roll. It's a 15. Okay. All right. So that brings up to 24. Got a lot of stuff for you then. Yes. All right. So you go over and you sniff around. And so first of all, straight up hot chips. Declan was in the cage. Hot chips. No question. Hey friends, Declan was in here. I smell those chips. You get two more things. One is a smell that is completely foreign to you. Completely new smell of birds, but underground. So like, what if... The scent of loam, but birds, and mushrooms, and dankness, but birds, okay? Smells like fungus mole birds, friends. Birds you've never smelled before. And then also sort of sniffing around the cage stuff. Sorry, the cage stuff. (laughs) Good job, GM. Sniffing (laughs) around the hole and sort of the cutting into it, you smell rock dust. And so what you can piece together here is that the hole was carved in the cage when it was in the down position. So this isn't like someone lifted it up and Declan is gone. Oh, so there's a way out from down below. Yes. Well, I guess we have to get in the cage. Yeah. We're going down. Going into my cage and I'm feeling just fine. (laughs) All right. Sub-basement, level three, automotive, uh, lawn care, and hostage taking. So you... You get in, and I, I think that there's, there's uh, you know, timing. Got, got to make sure you get in there before the fans stop. And things creak and go down, and you are now in near total darkness, save for gamer lights on Euless. <laughs> Thank you, Euless. <laughs> and there is a rough-hewn hole that lines up with the cage that's a tunnel into the earth. What do you do? I'm just going to start running into the tunnel. We have quite literally trapped ourselves in this thing, so we really only <laughs> have one option. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to explore the tunnel. I'm really just my all of my retriever training. We got to find this guy and also birds underground. What? I really want to tell Winter about them. I think Winter will will like hearing about them. Okay. Why don't you do that? Winter, we are going, it looks like Declan was maybe kidnapped from the kidnapper by 
underground fungus birds who bore through rocks. So we're going to go through the underground fungus bird tunnel to find Declan. And um, we may have discovered a new civilization under new Arcadia made of fungus bird moles. And I just want to get back in time for dinner, but we're going down the tunnel. Uh, yeah, sounds good. By the way, this album is banging, so y'all should get get back to hear it. And, alright, good luck! And also, literally, I don't know what you're talking about as far as fungus birds, so if you're finding anyone down there, it's new to at least me. That's why I wanted to tell you about them. I thought you probably didn't know. It's new to me, too. I mean, fungus bird moles, who knew? That sounds like a band, maybe? It does sound like a band. Yeah. Maybe we could start a band when I get back. And anyway, I'm just, I'm hungry. I'm going to go, let's, let's go find this Declan guy. Come on, let's go. I'm just going to go down the tunnel. All right. So, I mean, you know, you can, you can smell the scent of the birds and also hot chips. As you make your way kind of down this, this winding tunnel and it, it seems recently dug, but also then it starts to branch out the other ones, you're able to follow this scent, though, um, at least of, of Declan. You know, the bird scent is kind of everywhere down the other different passageways. They seem fairly exploratory. Like, you're, you're not, like, entering into the bird civilization kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, there's all these tunnels. And, um, yeah, there's, uh, you start to see a flickering light up ahead. What do you do? Aha, signs of life. Yeah, go towards the light, I guess. Does the hot chip scent go into the light? Yeah, towards that. Let's go. Let's go. I'm just, Let's I'm go. just, at this point, I just want to go. I'm just going to go. Come on, guys. <laughs> Friends. Just saying, throughout this journey, uh, this tunnel, the, 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 the games master will just narrate their journey, talking about, you know, everything they've done to get here, uh, you know, how, how dark and alone it feels in this, in this strange tunnel and, and how, you know, how the light finally brings them hope, you know, just, just uh, something to keep them entertained while they're going through like a, a very, narrow uh, i assume you know a very uncomfortable crawl space <laughs> yeah i think at some point winter's like i got it diona my patron goddess will be diona because she's like like the goddess of travelers like I'm, I'm into this vibe this is a good vibe i'm into this vibe that gives me so many ideas thank you that 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 sounds great all right good this is good all right yeah you go barreling into um what appears to be a just like a like a small little little camp and so there is the glow is coming from what is positioned like just a small campfire, only you try to do that underground and the tunnel's filled with smoke. It's actually sort of these these weird mushrooms that are like rapid decomposing in a way that generates light because it's a comic book and you can have things like that. Yeah. Sitting kind of all around are a bunch of bird people. And so let's talk bird people. Bird people are about five-ish feet tall, pitch black. We're going like crow, raven kind of vibe here. And with actually like fairly large roundy heads and beaks that are like plague doctor size. Their wings are around almost look like cloaks and they have these large iridescent eyes. You can mostly only tell them apart because their eyes all seem to be sort of like various different colors. And if you ever play the game Monument Valley, actually, this is where the the like imagery I'm kind of going for here. And they're there, and they're hanging around around a campfire, and I think there's probably like a cool bird instrument that you play with your beak, plucking on the strings, and someone's doing that. And you barge into this song, Wolf, and I'm going to tell you any other things that you see because you are going so quickly. 
They like reach up and start squawking or jump up and start squawking. Fortunately, I have an actual skill for this, which should enable me to read the room and see whether they are curious or hostile or, uh, you know, hungry or what's the best way to try to interact with them in a way that won't start a fight, if that's an option. Yeah, let's 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 go through that. Yeah. Okay. so screeching to a halt, perhaps. So that is a, a read the room skill. Okay. So you are trained in this? I am trained in this. All right. So this is going to be an intellect role. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it is it is a level three. It is demanding. It's not super difficult. But it goes down to two because I'm trained. Yep. And then okay. if you want, you can spend some intellect points. I think, it, I mean, I actually really do want to know how to interact with these guys. So I'm going to reduce that to a level one by reducing my intellect to seven. Yep. Okay. And, uh, no, no, oh, no, no, it's a one. Oh, no. It's a one. The last roll with that d20 was a good roll, but that was a one. I don't have any XP, so I can't re-roll that. This is just trouble. It's just trouble. <laughs> All right. Um, I think in the words of the great Crow T robot, it's going to be raining cinematic payoff. <laughs> when you roll a one, Uh-oh. I get a free GM in- intrusion Uh which means at this point somewhere around 45,000 cubic feet of water starts pouring down these tunnels and just start like starts like washing folks away no so i think let's make some speed defense rolls to see if you all can even stick together okay Uh, speed defense 18 10 you could also do might if you wanted to hang on to things. Like, yeah, just like give me something. I've got a 14. I, I'm terrible at both, so 10 seems seems apt. Ulyss and Songwolf, you stick together, and the Games Master is swept away in the water. So mm. what do you two do? They should consider replacing their limbs with robotic equivalents. Not, not ready for that one, but thank you for the suggestion. Uh, what's happening to the bird people? Oh, they're washed away too. Mm-hmm. So we're just like hip deep in water in this cave with glowing mushrooms and no indication of where to go next. Um, maybe maybe follow the games master as they're being swept away. I suppose. <laughs> I'm just going to start shouting, Declan, Declan, as, as we're following the games master who's being washed away and trying to get back to them. Declan. The, the water just wet, right? Huh. So it's not like, oh, let's follow the games master. Oh, we just have no idea. Not, I, I don't think I'm steadily let's going down the stream. I think I'm just in, in, in real danger here. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll cut to you in a second. Uh, yeah, you're being buffeted at the very least. So what you're saying is we don't know where someone went, but we need to navigate this system. Yeah, and there is multiple <laughs> different ways you could take. Interesting. I have good news. <laughs> <laughs> I like that this is in character, by the way. I think this is in character. Yeah, Ulysses yeah. is delighted to break out the navigational suite every time it happens. So useful. Declan? All right. Declan? I am going to attempt to find the way. Okay. I will apply effort and a free level of effort to navigate and track down the game master. All right. This is going to be level four. All right. So that means it's down to level two. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah. Unless uh, anyone can help on this one. I will be screaming. Yeah, I will be uh, screaming at the top <laughs> of my lungs. All third person narration and composure abandoned as I just scream for help. Eula's broadcast, please continue screaming in terror. It aids me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Help me out here. I'm counting that as an asset, so bring it down another level. All right, so I just need to beat a three, and I got an eight. Okay, phew. Yeah, you you know which you know way. All right, let's, let, let's follow at speed. In what state do they find you, Karma? At this point, I think the mask is one of the first things that got washed away, um, just from the torrent of water. Um, the Games Master would have uh, held on to their bag of stuff. Even though the Cypher System rulebook is completely ruined by this point. Oh no. You see Karma's face for the first time, but not for long. Um, if, if, if they're rescued, they will quickly pull their hood down over their face uh, and goes, if, 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 if you have any way of deleting your memory banks, I would, I would greatly appreciate the privacy of, <laughs> of, of my identity being, being kept. I will take it under advisement. <laughs> and yeah, uh, just sort of wet and soaking and miserable and tearing bits off their cloak to try and fashion a makeshift mask. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. Songwolf, are you able to help? Uh, I mean, I, I, emotionally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can use my claws to tear bits of fabric to help create a makeshift mask, but mostly I'm just going to try to be cuddly and, and, you know, help by... Yeah, what does that look like? I mean, you're, you're empathic. Like, yeah. it's, it's in your sentence. I'm just going to try to be sort of cuddly and close my eyes to make clear I'm not looking at the Games Master's face because I understand that that's a, a privacy concern and just be... Mm-hmm. And, and be, I'm going to be saying things like, you're going to be okay. No one cares what you, no one notices what you look like. We just notice your skill at constructing and solving puzzles. And <laughs> no one's looking at your face. And we're going to get through this water just like we got through the alligators and the fans. And we're, we're doing this. And you are indeed masterful. And you're going to get right back to self-narrating very confidently in, in no time. In fact, look, you're self-narrating now. And uh, right on cue, it's like, you know, they were about to say, um, uh, thank you. I have just been so, I've, I've just, and as they start forming the mask together, they start going, the Games Master puts together their, their different um, strips of ribbon torn from their cloak, bring together uh, a mask that they put over their face. It does not conceal them as completely as it once did. But the Game Master rises to their feet, looks around, thanks sounds like ready to go. There you go. There you go. Declan. Declan. So you hear echoing kind of back. Hello? Help? Is anyone out there? What is going on? Help? Hello? Declan. And it does sound like Declan. Let's go get Declan. All right. You navigate your way down and again, following his voice, you find Declan and he's dazed and terrified and weirded out because, like, it was pitch black until a reasonably sized robot showed up. <laughs> and he says, oh, thank God, Karma, is that you? The the heroes had finally found their intended target safe and sound, uh, prepared to take him home. I found him. I get really excited. I found him. <laughs> I found him. And you can see there's, like, a close-up panel where it's clear that I am trying not to lick Declan because I know that I'm not supposed to lick humans when I find them. But I'm just really excited because we have accomplished our mission, I think, except that we may be trapped far below the earth in tunnels with possibly hostile bird, mole, fungus people. Found, I found him. Uh, he says, Karma, where are we? You have 
angered a super fan of speaking of super fans you have you've angered a fan of the calm and she has put you in her uh, death trap which we have mostly gotten through but now you need to find uh, uh, the art or we rather need to find a way out of here our task is not a simple one but we do have someone who is trained and skilled in finding the way Declan says I wow I I don't remember anything other than um being pretty nasty on that message board. And then I just, I just, uh, just felt getting smacked against the side of the wall and I was choking and, 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 and spitting out a water. And actually from this description, Euless, this is, seems to be very consistent with someone who was in a, uh, like a stasis bubble for the past <laughs> several days and has only been knocked out of it by getting slammed against the inside of a tunnel um, when the water went by. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, He says, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if you can all get us out, I guess, yeah, geez, yeah, of course. Like, what, what are we waiting for? So we're going to switch a little more narratively here. How do you all get out? I don't want to, like, roll this one. Uh, I kind of want to move into epilogue sort of territory. So what is it? What is the leaving? What are some of the panels that we see? Let's let's everyone like everyone give a panel, I think, as we're heading out. Let's let's start with Ulyss. Ulyss lights the way through the dark tunnel uh, with gamer lights. But but then as we sort of rise up slowly through the surface as hold and enters into a split room to return with the time frozen body of <laughs> the Arachnabat. Is that his name? <laughs> Bat Arachnid. Bat Arachnid. Bat Arachnid. Yeah. Bat Arachnid. Yeah. Yeah. Credit Indy Tan, please. Better Batarack. <laughs> Thank you, Indy. All right, a panel from you, Songwolf. I am sniffing and I'm I sort of want to lead the way out because I feel very rescue dog about this, but I understand that our robot friend is best fitted for wayfinding. So I'm just kind of sniffing and looking around and very pleased with myself because I've helped retrieve, but I'm also collecting little bits of glowy fungus and putting it into one of my pouches and trying to collect anything else that will tell us about these bird moles because I'm just, I'm curious. It's a new scent. It's a new species. We don't know anything about them. I would like to be able to let Winter know that we have not only rescued Declan, but discovered light up fungus and bird moles. Just so we're clear, she would be interested in that in sort of a, a a, f- a fun new Arcadia trivia sense. You might want to tell someone who knows a little bit more about cryptozoology. <laughs> I'm a little bit scared to interact directly with Dr. Chick Pinkin because of the power that they exert over me. I might just kind of let Winter do that. Oh, that's fair. Or really let anyone do that. Let anyone, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And maybe the Games Master wants to do that. All right, uh, Karma, let's, uh, let's a final panel from you. Karma is going to start using their hedge magic to just take out a couple of dice and have them sort of float juggle on their own um, above their hand as they continue looking the way out. Uh, There might be another panel of like if there are obstructions in the way of just shooting out a dice and muttering exploding dice and having that, you know, (laughs) clear out those obstructions. Maybe maybe even one of them rolls uh, a nat 20 before exploding, um, helping them get out of the way. There you go. Yeah. T- takes out uh, one of one of the winged uh, guardians of the food court. Do the exploding dice, like, in, in universe, do more damage if they end up as a nat 20 and, like, not explode at all if they land as a 1? I do have it rigged so that if the surface is, like, at a, at, at a nat 20, there's just basically, like, an extra layer of explosiveness that, you know, that, 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 you know, bursts out into the surroundings. 
does a little extra damage. Excellent. Well, I think for discovering that there appears to be a lot of bird people under New Arcadia and for finding a lost troll, uh, you each get three XP to carry you through the cold winter. (laughs) Is winter cold? Should we get her? Yeah, we should get her jacket. I actually have not determined what her relationship with temperature is. I'm not sure if she's (laughs) like someone who's always cold or like is a cold, don't bother me anyway kind of thing. (laughs) Armand, Ian, thank you so much for playing Cypher with us. Oh, thank you for having us. Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Well, you are both wonderful players and so much fun to game with and hope to have you on many more times. But until next week, when we are going to do the back matter and dive into Cypher System and claim the sky, let's get those links and stuff out there. Armand, where can people find you on the internet? I'm Armand Babu on Twitter. It's a uh, pretty simple uh, right there. I'm also on startplaying.game/gm/pathwaysyetunexplored. Ooh. If you like what little games mastering you heard and want to hear more of it. <laughs> yes, if you'd like this games master in your life, definitely check that out. I want more of it. Oh, there you go. All right, Ian, how about you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at fissionmail, fission m a l e. My YouTube account is is Ein, E-I-N. I do video essays. I have one on superhero games coming soon. So if you're interested Ooh. in that, check that out too. Strangely, we're interested. Think that people in this podcast. Yes. Yeah, very much. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Uh, Steph, did you have a good time in all this? Absolutely. And uh, retrieved and kind of hungry. And this is really, really wonderful. And I am really hoping that in future games, future arcs, future episodes, we learn more about these bird mole people because they seem groovy. <laughs> yeah, you really got that the five percent chance of totally mucking that one up. <laughs> so um, play to find out. It's I'm not blaming you. It's it's the dice. <laughs> it 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 is often the dice. All right. Well, next week back matter. Take care, pals. Actual play ends there. We are going to be back next week with Armon and Ian, and we're going to talk all about the Cypher system, all about how it works, how it tells superhero stories through Claim the Sky, and we're going to have some very lovely comic book recommendations for you as well, as we always do in the back issues. As a reminder, we are doing a annual episode in June in lieu of another game. We're taking questions or discussion topics, that kind of thing. Send them to us at show at teamupmoves.com, at teamupmoves on Twitter, or teamupmoves at dice.camp on Mastodon. This run, we've been playing Cypher System and Claim the Sky by Monty Cook, Bruce R. Cordell, and Sean K. Reynolds, published by Monty Cook Games. For more information about the game, visit their website at moneycookgames.com. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2023. We do love to chat. You can find us on Twitter as at Team Up Moves and Mastodon as teamupmoves at dice.camp. Our website is teamupmoves.com. It has links to all of our episodes, bios for all of our guests, and a sign-up form for our email newsletter, which we send out most of the time between runs to let you know that we're still thinking of you. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. 
If you've made it this far in the show, you probably like what we're doing. So why don't you tell a friend? Drop a link on Reddit or Discord or leave us a review on iTunes or the Google Store. Anything you can do to help spread the word of the show really helps us out. Until next week, take care, pals.